This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley, and I am joined by my good friend, Mike Spears. Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. And we're 48 hours away from the, the true start of WrestleMania weekend. And having travel anxiety kind of kick in, you know, the usual, like, what all do I have to get done before hopping on a plane? I, playing up my Southern stereotype, I have never been to New York City. Somehow <laughs> I've managed to live this life without ever going to New York City. I turned 33 later this year, never done it. I've gone to other countries, I've gone elsewhere, but never done New York before. So, but I'm stoked to see, to get up there. I'm stoked to see my good friends, Aaron and Nate. Nate, how's it going? Uh, it's going great, Mike. It's your favorite lizard person, Nate. Um, happy to be here with you guys. Um, and yeah, no, I've got a lot of shit at work to get done before we head out. So that's always stressful. But you know what? I had never been to New York City until the day that I moved there. So uh, you'll be just fine. Not too much to worry about. All right. So we've got a little bit to talk about today. Uh, before we get into that, I want to tell you that I want to make sure you are following us on Twitter at everything AEW. Make sure you're subscribing to the show. Of course, you can find us on our own personal feed. Uh, just search Everything Elite on the podcast app of your choice. Or, of course, you can get us on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. And Mike is at Fuji Heya. So we're going to talk about BTE from this week. We're going to talk about Tennille Dashwood. We're going to talk about some of the ladies of AEW showing up at Rise. Uh, we're going to do some Visa talk, and then we're going to break down what the uh, Everything Elite Boys are doing for Mania Weekend. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to all of it. So let's start here. Tennille Dashwood is officially a free agent. Seems like she would be a pretty good fit with AEW, although maybe not as fresh as some of the talent they've talked about looking for. Uh, I'm a big Tennille Dashwood fan, so I'd like to see her uh, in AEW. But I don't know, Nate, what do you think about her coming to AEW or just generally about her free agency? Yeah, you know, I uh, I want to like Tennille Dashwood. Like I had a lot. I was like, you know, there's a lot of momentum behind her when she first got released. And I was like, oh, she's going to go be the focus of the Ring of Honor women's division. And, you know, who knows where else she'll turn up. And then, uh, you know, I know she had some injuries. I know she had a medical or she has a medical condition that's ongoing. That's sort of waylaid that stuff, which is, you know, through no fault of her own. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, I, I keep looking for a reason to, like, get behind her. And I can't haven't really found it yet. So um, I, I think she has the tools to be. You know, a good featured player in the women's division, um, but I, I just don't know if it's there yet or, you know, maybe it's just has not had a, 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 sh a chance to shine yet. I'm convinced she's a super worker. And okay. the reason for that is she had that uh, really good match with Paige on the takeover. And then Paige never had another good match in her career. Hmm. Uh, I was a little concerned uh with the uh, Tennille Brandy match that was on some Ring of Honor show wasn't very good uh but I'm standing by it I, I just still think Tennille has uh, a lot to offer yeah I don't uh I think probably the best match of hers that I've seen was she did a mixed tag with Santino in NXT in like the eight-week period that I was watching NXT 
Uh, and it was a very good comedy match. And then they tried to recreate it on Raw and it fell on its face on its face because they tried to do a comedy match that required people being invested in the wacky pointing finger character that they had not gotten over yet. Um, so yeah, you know, again, I think she has the tools. I just have not had a chance to, you know, she has not had a signature match. Like you need a signature win that I can point to and go, yeah, there, look, she's good. Did you not see the page match? You know, I might've, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember that that page match happened. I think that you are doing some psyops against us. No, it's, to... like, it's like the first takeover, I think. Or really? One of the first takeovers. Okay. Yeah, I mean... this I, I probably did watch it, but I, you know, did not lodge in there in my memory. It was finger pointing Emma. Right. Uh, but still in NXT, you know, she, when she was really over with the full sale crowd. And as uh, nearly everyone, as is the fake wrestler Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. Sure. But it was uh, it was a great match. Okay. Okay. I mean, I haven't gone back and watched it again, but I thought it was great at the time. I think that with a lot of the uh, wrestlers that they've started to develop this division around, there's a lot of interesting matchups with, especially with like Bria, with Bia Priestley, with who knows who they could get from Tokyo Joshi Pro. I think there's a lot of interesting things there. It's just something that, at least for me personally, whenever I've seen Tennille, and I remember what match you're talking about, it was it one that Charlotte shows they did on Facebook Live or something. It was like one of those pre-shows that they did. I just haven't seen it, and I do remember hearing that she was someone that one of the reasons why a lot of people haven't seen her at least before she signed up big with ring of honor was due to her. She, she had a pretty steep asking price, which good for her, make the money, especially getting off the WWE. So maybe that's why I haven't seen it as much. I know that she didn't do any Joshi tours or anything like that. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting matchups that could come of this, but it just seems kind of different in comparison to the other signings that they have made so far. Yeah, I think the I think the diversity is good though if they had her. <clears throat> and yeah, you know, we were talking about or I don't know if we were even talking about. Maybe people were talking about how you know, AEW hadn't gone out and gotten that marquee women's name and my argument was, well, the WWE, you know, shat on women's wrestling for a period of many decades, so it's been very hard for there to be marquee women's names and she is probably the existing marquee women's name. Like, you know, there's not another not another drawing name out there that I that comes to mind that, you know, hasn't already gotten under AEW contract or WWE contract at this point. So um yeah, I uh, you know, again, she had a lot of momentum and I, I think was starting to deliver on that and then got waylaid by stuff. So uh would like to like her. So, you know, I'm all for AEW giving her a shot to prove it. Okay. The Emma Page match was on the very first takeover arrival. That was also the first event ever streamed on the WWE Network. A little trivia. Cool. I got to give you the card. Listen to this card. This had, it was Pac, Pac in, in a singles. Was he in the main event? He was. Okay. The first match, Cesaro defeated Sami Zayn. Was that the one that everybody said was like match of the year? Yeah. It I, was... think, I think this was the... I can't remember if it was the two out of three falls match or not, but it was a great match. I recall that. This, this was not that long ago, but it seems like a totally different universe. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a different era. I remember that match because everyone freaked out about Sami Zayn doing the uh, through the ropes DDT on the outside, in yeah. which I was like, I saw him do this like four years ago. 
Come on, guys. This was on February 27, 2014. Only 2014? Yep. So just over five years ago. Second match, Mojo Raleigh defeated CJ Parker. Hey, Juice. That's right. MSG superstar, Juice Robinson. The Ascension, Connor and Victor defeated Too Cool. (laughs) I completely forgot that that happened. Because this was also like when the Ascension were awesome and they were just doing being beefy boys before they got WWE main rostered. Man. Not sure that, that don't, not sure the Ascension was ever awesome. <laughs> oh man, come on, Connor and Victor, they had the uh, Illuminati stuff. I like seeing some big boys throw around. Their their entrance music and their entrance was pretty cool. Yeah, but I miss that. Look, the bell rang. I'm going to leave that to the Bad Wrestle Podcast and their ironic <laughs> appreciation. Uh, so Paige defeated Emma after that. By the way, the Ascension versus Too Cool was for the NXT Tag Team Championship. <laughs> uh, Tyler Breeze and uh, Xavier Woods ended in a no contest. I don't recall why or what happened there. Hmm. It lasted 35 seconds. Okay. And the main event, Adrian Neville, aka Pac, defeated Bo Dallas for in a ladder oh. match. For the oh, NXT I remember this match. Yeah. Bo Dallas. Yeah. Wow. Back when yeah. Bo was the ace of NXT. Holy shit. So Man. perhaps I should stop relying on a five-year-old match as... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, buddy. You might want to reassess that a little. That was like a different lifetime. Yeah. If I haven't seen her have a good match in the last five years. Maybe I should uh, be a little more skeptical, but I don't know. We'll see. That was also, you know, before your Joshi phase. So your standards for what constitutes a good women's match may have changed. That's true. I was thinking the other day, about, this is completely off topic. I was thinking the other day about the uh, Becky versus uh, Sasha Banks match from one of the other NXT takeovers that at the time I thought was like, one of the best matches I'd ever seen, and probably not. Who knows? Okay. Speaking of women's wrestling, uh, a lot of our good friends in the AEW women's division showed up uh, at a Rise show this weekend. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and Allie all showed up. And that's a uh, Chicago group, right, Nate? Uh, Rise, I don't know if it has a home territory. They... Uh, they always run the same weekend as Shimmer here, so in that sense, it's a Chicago group. And Kevin Harvey, the guy who runs Rise, also is involved, I think, backstage with Shimmer. Um, but Rise also runs like shows, I think, in Ohio and in California. I think they really go wherever they think they can, um, you know, put on a show and draw some people, I guess. But uh, yeah, so so it's hard to say that it's a Chicago group. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this is. Per Chris James 2 on SA, I don't know if Chris James 2 is on Twitter, but uh, I guess we'll find out if if he listens. But uh, he always has <laughs> he always has the updates really quickly, so it's really easy for me to crib off his notes. Um, yeah, Allie chased off Rosemary to prevent her from interfering in the tag title match at Rise. Uh, and this is, that sort of goes hand in hand with the Allie and Rosemary story ending in TNA, I guess, by Sue Young murdering Allie in cold blood in the ring, and then Rosemary being sad about it. So that's all AEW canon. Uh, Allie's now dead. Uh, Kylie Ray won the main title by defeating Mercedes Martinez, but then lost it when Miranda Elise turned on her. And then Zoe Lucas, who had the Money in the Bank equivalent title shot, uh, she challenged Kylie Ray and I guess took the belt from Kylie Ray. And then Zoe Lucas and Charlie Evans and Jessica Troy kept beating her up after the match. 
uh, Zoe Lucas and Jessica Troy, especially, are really good, and AEW should maybe look at them. Um, and then we had Brandy, Britt, and Nyla came out in their AEW t-shirts to clear the ring afterward, uh, and then Allie and Penelope as well. And the show ended with AEW Chance and Thank You, Kylie Chance. Uh, on that point, it seems like Kylie's wrapping up all of her independent uh, mainstays. Like she seemed to be wrapping up here. Um, she lost the AAW women's title, which I would not think they would have her do if she was going to be continuing to work there a lot. Um, and I know she was defending her freelance title. I didn't check to see if she uh, retained that or not. Uh, but yeah, kind of interesting because we've had, there's been definitely a sliding scale of who is continuing to work places and who is continuing to be an independent contractor places versus people who are not, do not seem to be taking a lot of dates or seem to be facing out of working independently altogether. Yeah. And that's something that when the Bucks had their C2E2 panel with Kenny, there was like mention of people who would might stay out on the Indies and still work their regular promotions. And I guess that is an indication that Kylie is not one of them. And that kind of surprised me because it seems like at least initially Kylie as someone who's just kind of starting to break out, they might want her to, still work these promotions and gain what she could get out of working these promotions while she's breaking out. I guess that's not the case. And it sounds at least from how you're explaining it, that she might be wrapping up and getting ready for all elite. I feel like they're going to make Kylie Ray into a huge star. Yeah, it's easy. It's like if you had, you know, NXT Bailey, but with people who know how to book. <laughs> yeah. People who know not to get in their own way constantly and just ruin everything you like about a character. I just, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm just seeing the obvious, but it uh, just seems to me like she's going to be one of the really big stars made out of the initial AEW run. Well, it seemed like that, especially at the Double or Nothing uh, rally in Vegas, she immediately kind of jumped off the screen in that way. So there is, she definitely has a magnetic personality that's coming across. So I could I could totally see that. I mean, her and Michael Nakazawa might be the two people out of nowhere who just get ridiculously over. And, you know, I'm here for that. I'm willing to ride that out. Let's see what happens. And I watched a match recently. I can't remember the promotion, but Alan Forel uh, was pipping this on Twitter, and it was a Kylie Ray tessa Blanchard two out of three falls match. I want to lean towards saying that might have been a rise show. That'd be funny if it was, since I was just saying, like, I really don't know much about it. Uh, and the match was fine, but you could just tell that people loved Kylie. I mean, the crowd was insane for her. Oh, yeah. Well, she so she is from Chicago. Um, so when, you know, we've seen her or I've seen her here at AEW and Shimmer and Warrior Wrestling. And yeah, it's, you know, she comes out and people stand up, even if she's the first star they stood up for all night. Uh, and yeah, just, you know, chant and sing for her the whole match through. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely has, you know, it's like a, I don't know if it's like weird and gendered to say like a girl next door quality, but just seems like a very likable, um, you know, sincere, genuine kind of person that you just want to root for and get behind. Yeah. It's like the Daniel Bryan thing. Yeah. He's just like, Oh, I like this person. I want this person to succeed, you know, uh, apart from the wrestling character. So I get it. Uh, Other talent news. We talked a little bit, over the last couple of weeks about Tony Schiavone and the rumors that he was going to be coming to AEW. Uh, Tony Schiavone was on Jim Ross's podcast, The Ross Report, uh, this past week and said that he is not coming to AEW. 
He did say that AEW is about to get, quote, a big name. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, it means Jim Ross or if he's talking about something else, but we can strike that out. And it seems like uh, Excalibur is still going to be the main uh, person on commentary, of course, unless they use Jim Ross, but no Tony Schiavone. Yeah, it was one of the things that I realized after we were recording why Tony Schiavone was not going to work because he still is a uh, play-by-play commentator for the Georgia Bulldogs and as well the, I forgot, the Gwinnett Braves, which is the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. So I I didn't see him really turning those jobs down to go back into wrestling. Like his MLW stuff was not even full-time. I mean, he's not been on MLW shows for like the last few months. So it makes sense. And a big name, I know that Excalibur is a big name to us, but it makes me wonder who else they might be getting. I mean, I don't know if it's someone who could be a crossover person or really, if you're thinking about like a truly transcendent big name in wrestling commentary, I can only think of like one or two people. So, so uh, I don't know, Aaron, did you listen to the show? Was it a big name in commentary region or just generally? Going to be straight with you. I just read a report about the show. I did not listen to it. Okay. Yeah. I would not have listened either. Um, my, I sort of just reading your note here was thinking that they meant a big name generally, like it could be a wrestler. And so on that point, I want to give a shout out and read a tweet from green couch five, the fifth green couch. Uh, sent me a reply and I think listened to the show. So thanks for listening. Um, his idea was that the gold in the last episode of Double or Nothing, if they had to do a swerve on it and Gold Dust is in fact still under contract, the swerve could be Goldberg. That could be something. I mean, we know that yeah. they've hinted at Goldberg. We know that Goldberg, I think, shares an agent and I think follows them on Twitter. Um, so you do have that link um the other you know thing we know about cody's opponent is that it's someone personal or close to cody so you know i guess you know go back to goldberg being an atlanta guy and wcw is maybe a a reach there i don't know all right i've gone back and looked at the quotes and i think i was conflating the two so he first says he's not going to aw he is doing some work uh for starcast and then he said, uh, I think Cody is a smart kid, and the Bucks obviously have made quite a name for themselves, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I just think this is a great time for pro wrestling. They're going to do some great things in wrestling, including bringing in somebody who has a great, great national name for himself. And I'll just let it go with that. Yeah, I mean, we're also talking about Tony Schiavone here. I'm going to put this as my leading theory now because he's an Atlanta guy. He's a WCW guy. And, yeah, I'm going to say Cody versus Goldberg. Okay, what what about this? Would would you all be excited for a Goldberg match in AEW? Hell yeah. Yeah, I've never seen Goldberg live. That would rule. Okay, uh, I'm in on Goldberg. Like his last little WWE run I thought was fun. Oh yeah, him with he his was kid. he was the only thing good on that entire mania and pretty much in that entire build the mania. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much agree. I was that was unfortunately I was there live for that entire freaking show. <laughs> Yeah, that was terrible. Um, but Bill Goldberg should also be in the Hall of Fame, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I was going to say, are you really making <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame uh, no, comments on this show? I don't acknowledge that Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, yeah, Bill Goldberg is the fucking man. And if they can bring him in for a couple big spectacle matches in AEW, that'd be a lot of fun. 
Also, since Aaron Taub is not here, I just want to say that it would be important to have Bill Goldberg because representation is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would love to have Bill Goldberg uh, show up. I just, I thought it was funny when they were like Goldberg to New Japan rumors. Like I just. Well, I think they made an offer. They were in talks. Mm -hmm. I just like, I would have loved to have seen that. Just, it would have been so bizarre to see him there in like current New Japan. I just would have loved it. I mean, they had Billy Gunn. They brought they brought Billy Gunn in for a cup of coffee. So I was live. It, it at, couldn't have been weirder than that. I, I was live at Billy Gunn versus Hiroshi Tanahashi on that first New Japan and America show, and that was something. <laughs> like I would imagine Goldberg versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm down with that. I want to see Tana against him. But yeah, I mean. He's open for business. I mean, why not? I, I, I guess one of his not Forged and Fire knife shows are no longer running. I know he was a big knife guy, much like myself. So <laughs> I respect, I, I, as someone who is looking for a fellow knife person, I respect that. I bet he asked for a lot of money. Wouldn't yeah, you? Well, probably worth a lot of money. Yeah. You see, what's the, what's the uh, market for Bill Goldberg? The market for Bill Goldberg is... All of my friends who I can text and don't watch wrestling, but still have a certain nostalgia or fondness for the wrestling that we watched when we were teenagers, I can text them and say, yo, Bill Goldberg coming to AEW and put like <laughs> eight exclamation marks and they'll get excited about it. And, you know, there's probably like a 60% chance they'll tune in for the one match. Yeah, I, lo I loved Goldberg. I was like, uh, I was poor. And so I had this like flea market ripoff Goldberg t-shirt and it ruled. Nice. <laughs> I didn't. I, my parents would not have allowed me to have any wrestling shirts, but I was really? still a huge Goldberg mark. Oh yeah, man! I had lots of wrestling shirts. I was not allowed I to. Do... I was not. Allowed... <laughs> and now I have lots of wrestling shirts. I was not allowed to watch wrestling. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons. Wow! Really? Oh yeah. What? How do your parents feel about you being a big wrestling fan now? I mean, we don't really talk about it. <laughs> don't know. I have a podcast about it. Certainly, it's still frowned upon. No, wow. you know, well, so after I came out as a wrestling fan, basically, um, <laughs> they, I, I don't know if they figured out later or they realized that my grandfather, my father's father had like dabbled in some wrestling in Indiana. Um, yeah. And like professional wrestling, I think maybe with his brother, oh, but wow. that's, that's like one of those family stories that my mom, you know, we'll, we'll get together for dinner or whatever. And it'll be like one of the six family stories she tells me when she's talking about whatever genealogical discoveries she's on her. <laughs> Real Nate lore here. There you go. So you don't show up at family dinners in the fuck you, we're Gato and Jado shirt. No, I have, it's a fuck you, we are Doom Patrol shirt. And I, oh, that's yeah, right. I'm sorry. I was, I don't have the, uh, the original one. I have the modern interpretation. Yes. But no, I don't, uh, don't bust that one out when I'm going out to visit them. My, my mother knows that I'm a wrestling fan and she just like owns me for it constantly. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. <laughs> my parents support me. Like I got an email Monday morning from my dad with the, uh, with the John Oliver video clip, assuming that I haven't like, wasn't already aware of it. Like I get like two week later emails like, Oh yeah. Can you make it to this interview, Mike? And I'm like, Oh, thanks that I saw this like three, three weeks ago. But then again, my parents were also, the kind of people that were very laissez-faire towards me and my brother as we were being brought up. A, a whole lot of, oh, do you really want to go to church? you really want to get up Sunday morning and put on clothes and, and sit and let people yell at you for a while? No, not really. Neither do I. So, 
Yeah, my my mother basically just like uh, her parenting strategy was let's just kind of let Aaron do whatever he wants to do and see how it works out. Like I went on tour with a metal band when I was 14. Wow. Yeah. And she just Which like, one? a metal band I was in. Okay. Oh, I thought like you were hiddenly a roadie. So 14, you could have gone and been on, I'm trying to think sleep would have been in 97 ish. You could have gone on. Sleep. I'm not gay. Uh, so I'm not like hanging hey. out with sleep. There is good Doom and Stoner metal, just not the ones that Gabe Sapolsky likes. <laughs> Metal's bad. Oh, wow. Sorry. What a take from Nate. Yeah. Anti-metal. I, I don't listen to a lot of metal these days, but uh, I like metal. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's, you know, everything's the same, but. Oh, wow. It's, I, I mean, that's like the same philosophy as my wrestling interests, right? It's like, it's all basically arbitrary what you like and <laughs> what you decide is good or bad. So if you have yeah. arbitrary favorites, you also have to have arbitrary hated things. So that's where I am with metal. All right. I appreciate that. I like your yeah. philosophy on life. Nate. Flip Gordon is good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of people who are good, Alicia Atap. She has been removed from the impact roster page and uh, heard from a good source that she's gone. Uh, and is teasing a big announcement soon. Do we think she's coming to AEW? Is she going to be the librarian? Oh. Oh, okay. She kind of has a librarian vibe, doesn't she? But they were saying, I know you're going to get into this on BT, I'm sorry, but they were saying, like, she has to be able to wrestle. Do we know, can she go? I mean, I don't I don't think she has wrestled, but it would not surprise me if she had been, like, training or something. Sure. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a fine guess. I think somebody else said that Kenny made a hint about her as well. I would have to see if I can find it. Kenny does a lot of interviews with her on her Ambi show. Like he recently did like his third one. So oh yeah, yeah. So friend of the show, Robert says Omega drops a big hint about her being signed toward the end of that video. Well, look at me. Nice, Mike. Yeah, good books, okay. beers. Oh, you know what? I think I, I'll, I'll tag this on here just because I happen to see it in the same Robert thing. Britt Baker was also finishing up with Shimmer uh, along with Kylie Ray on that Rise slash Shimmer weekend. Weird that some of these folks are are just finishing up and going to go close to full time. Although I guess Britt Baker has like a, a real job outside of wrestling. Yeah, and I think we also knew that not Britt that wrestling Baker... was a real job. Any <laughs> listening, I think we also knew that she was going to be like an out in front pushed person like even from a sort of PR company standpoint because she was the first woman to be signed because she's got this you know uh, uh, degree and and other career that's you know prestigious or whatever so that was not surprising the that she would be like a full-time you know full employee roster member or whatever the case is is not as surprising as I think Kylie Ray because you know if, if Kylie Ray's Kylie Ray, if, if SCU is working the Indies, it's unusual that Kylie Ray wouldn't be working the Indies. Or if, if MJF is working the Indies, it's unusual that Kylie Ray wouldn't be working the Indies. Alicia Etout is Canadian, is that right? Don't know. Did yeah, she's from Toronto or from the Canadian area. I just assume she's from Toronto because I know she worked for Impact, and that was one of the reasons why they liked her was that she was right. able to do stuff in Toronto. So I'm making a big old assumption there. But yeah, she's Canadian. So she's from Canada. She mm -hmm. probably needs a visa to work in the United States. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Visas, folks, guys. It's time to talk visas. Did we talk did we talk Dragon Gate visas on the last episode? 
We no. didn't know. We hint, Mike hinted heavily at it. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was something that was amongst the dark Twitter, deep web, all of that for a couple days before. But yeah, that's kind of what we were heading towards on the last episode. Dragon Gate guys, all of the ones that were attached to, to WrestleCon shows did not get their visas because of basically what one of the determinants of visas now under Trump's administration is that you have to prove that you're working full time. And WrestleCon only operates once a year. I know they do some other shows in the Carolina area. I think they might be involved with like the JCP stuff that they do over like Thanksgiving weekend that they do WrestleCade. I think they are involved in that, but since they weren't able to prove that the Dragon Gate guys were going to work here full time, they it was pretty much a blanket no for the Dragon Gate guys. And they tried to do basically everything for that. I mean, there was lots of money being spent either way. Dragon Gate is a company that has always played by the books in terms of visas. And that was one of the big determinants in the ending of Dragon Gate USA. And that relationship with Gabe Sapolsky was issues with visas so it's an interesting period and this kind of almost flows into mania we can talk that we're gonna get to in a little bit but there's a lot of moving parts with visas and they are for wrestlers and talent that are going to be involved with all elite wrestling i know that there is for the it, it just seems like that for people who would need a visa they might be around a lot more than just one off or two offs I think that's pretty much as much as I can say about that right now. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and I, I guess lends some uh, credence or, you know, makes it interesting that WrestleCon was very specific about the fact that this wasn't going to mess up Pox visa with AEW. Mm -hmm. So I guess we should take from that that Pac is going to be a regular in AEW. I think that's a fair assumption. I mean, he's been... He's been in the UK as of late. Dragon Gate hasn't run as many shows. He does not have a new uh, Dreamgate challenger on the docket yet. And it's not even really known if he's going to be around for the next big show in the beginning of May 6th, Dead or Alive, the Crazy Cage match show. So I think it's a fair assumption to say that Pac is going to be a regular if that's the case, that you have to prove that you are full time as I'm doing air quotes that, that only Aaron Bentley and Nate could see. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. And this is all fluid as well, except for the Dragon Gate Russell Khan situation. That's a that's a done. That's done. But it'll be interesting for other talents over WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I think you should go ahead and assume that if you want to go see a show that has Japanese talent on it or foreign talent on it, and that talent has not been announced for a specific match. You should. It's up in the air whether they're going to be there. I think that's fair to say. So yeah, I think this. Like I've been talking about this Rise Shimmer weekend. I went to the to the second Shimmer show. The they they had been teasing that there would be Joshi at these shows for you know months. The Shimmer just runs occasional weekends and like builds up to them for months and months, but never announced anybody, which I thought was weird. And I was telling the guy I was going with, hey, yeah, you know, if they got somebody cool on there, we should definitely go. And then they didn't actually announce anybody until i think the day of the shimmer show that uh hiroyo matsumoto and uh dash chisako would be there uh, and then also charlie morgan was a surprise appearance 
So you kind of get the sense that, oh, we're going to play it safe. We're going to make sure that people are here in the United States before we announce a match and get people's hopes up and uh, not casting any aspersions or suggesting anybody's doing this. But maybe if the people aren't coming in on full-time work visas, then you also don't run the danger of advertising somebody who's coming into the country on a different kind of visa and then having somebody at customs Googling their name and saying, oh, that's weird. It looks like you're uh, working in Chicago tomorrow. So yeah, that seems like a uh, smart tack to take. And you know, it may, maybe makes everything a little more touch and go here in the days leading up to the, all these big shows and many weekend. Um, but yeah, better to play it safe than sorry, I think. Yeah, I mean, promotions were earlier today like, hey, here's a picture of Masato Tanaka in the United States. So I think everybody yeah, GCW has done that for uh all their deathmatch shows in Chicago too. They had, you know, like, hey, Takeda, here he is at the motel. He's here. He's gonna be there. Right. So I think everybody recognizes that this is a a fluid thing. It's a it's a bizarre time kind of uh with how visas are being handled. Uh my very normie law partner, as soon as I told him about this problem, a non-wrestling fan was completely convinced that it was uh trump trying to give trying to stop competition against wwe (laughs) that's a fair assumption i mean there are other companies that are affiliated with the trump administration that there shouldn't be any issues whatsoever and they have visas i mean yeah none of the uh wwe shows they were they were announcing specific matches for all Mm -hmm. the wwe shows that's right they clearly have full-time work visas Mm mm-hmm Right. And, uh, and you know, everybody affiliated with Sinclair Broadcasting Group was able to get visas, it seems. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's it's at least possible. So here's my question. What are the chances that Adam Page runs into the DOA cage match at Dragon Gate to interfere with Pac? I Maybe mean, accidentally gets his head shaved? Well, all right. Ooh. So... The thing with the DOA cage match this year is that the uh, Apuesta is so for just for people who aren't Dragon Gate fans, there's an annual cage match where the loser has some sort of Apuesta. It's been name changed before, it's been haircuts, or it's been shaving your head, it's been masked. But this year it is banning people from their units because Dragon Gate is a unit based promotion. So if you're someone that isn't used to that kind of stuff, think back towards. 2008 Ring of Honor, where Gabe openly copped to using Dragon Gate's system. Pac's not involved in this match whatsoever. Mm. Ada is, and Ada, who is someone that was going to be at WrestleCon. So as much as I would love to see Pac go get involved with this and them to bring over the storyline from AEW to Dragon Gate, don't think that's necessarily. However, if somehow Pac, if somehow the... uh, the elite do some OWE shows before then who knows, maybe Pac will show up. That's more likely. Interesting. Sorry. Just shooting my shot. Uh, Jason Isbell and his wife just tweeted that they just got to New York for the game of Thrones premiere. And I uh, had to reply to tell them I'm going to be in New York tomorrow if they want to hang out. So. Okay. Pretty, I, 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 pretty normie activity. The game of Thrones premiere. I, yeah. They're normies, dude. <laughs> You, you see, Nate, I'm more offended that 
he wasn't listening to my prognostication about dragon system stuff as you politely did. And he was too busy going. <laughs> I don't know shit about Dragon Gate. I watched the pot KZ match. It ruled. Uh, okay. But Dragon Gate is like a foreign language to me. It's Japanese is the language. Yeah, come on. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> and, and OWE is, I believe, Cantonese or Mandarin. I'm not certain, but they do all kinds of different parts of China. So, I mean, that's a lot of different languages too. Dragon system is universal. Come on, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So yeah, anyway, the elite needs to make the presence known at the DOA cage match in Dragon Gate. That's my take. They need to get in there, accidentally get Ida, the band from Red, and fuck with Pox Day. That'd be cool. Okay. There it is. Uh, what I think we should do here is I think, Nate, we should go ahead and do the BTE recap and then close with Mania Weekend Talk. Cool. All right, BTE, which stands for Being the Elite. <laughs> it's a Thanks. web series about being in the group known as The Elite, or I guess really now being in the promotion known as All Elite. All right, and it starts off with somebody new to the promotion, MJF. He is sneaking into a totally empty house. This is like a newly sold broom clean home. Uh, he does a cute little bit where he does a roll like through the through the foyer even though there's like nobody there. But then of course, Cody is there. He's got his cane. Is this Cody's new house? Did he move? I, I thought we've seen his house a lot recently, but it looked like this house was totally unfurnished. That's my question. Yeah. There's like um, nothing on the walls, nothing. Yeah. And also MJF was going in there. Like he lived there. Is Cody living with, um, is MJF living with Cody and Brandy in their empty home? That's I, it's that possible. seemed to be the case. Okay. Uh, so Cody does a monologue from Rocky Balboa, the movie. Uh, I was able to Google this really easily. It was actually kind of spooky how I Googled, you used to fit, and then they auto-completed that whole phrase, even though it's not a famous phrase. This is not a famous monologue to my knowledge. It's not from Rocky 1. It's from Rocky 6 or whatever Rocky Balboa was. I, I was surprised that it was that. I had no clue what this was. I thought this was from Friday Night Lights or something. I had no clue. Yeah, no, it's from Rocky Balboa. It's from Rocky speaking to his son. I gather. I mean, you know, I'm sure. I don't know if I saw Rocky Balboa. I saw the I saw the last Rambo movie, but I didn't, don't think I saw that one. No Rockies after Rocky Four. So the takeaway here is that Cody is MJF's dad, which I think sets up a future feud between Cody and Colt Cabana, because we know Colt Cabana is also MJF's dad. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that segment. So mostly Cody monologuing here, but that's but my curiosity lies in who is MJF's real dad. All right, we've got Kenny entering Matt's hotel room. Kenny has and, changed and his why mind. Why is it Rob Feinstein? You lost me. Isn't he related to Rob? No, no. that was a, a gimmick that originally Kurt Hawkins put, and then they realized we can't run with this. I thought his real name was Feinstein, but they no, changed it's Friedman. It to, no, that's I thought he I changed think. it to Friedman to disassociate from both RF. I think he got worked. Yeah, I, I got worked. I like getting worked. You can't, you can't, be, you can't be defaming MJF here with these associations. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Sorry, that was that was Aaron's opinion, and it was uh, not an allegation. Yeah, yeah, it does not represent the thoughts of either myself or Nate, aka Epidesis, or the uh, Everything Elite podcast in whole. Sorry, uh, Kenny entering Matt's hotel room. Kenny's now changed his mind. He doesn't think doing the CEO show is a good idea. He says they're getting busy with launching the promotion, and this is. Too much to take on. Uh, but of course, Matt has now changed his tune because now he sees that he can kill Michael Nakazawa by putting him in this match with Alex Jabaley, which I 
we have been informed is actually his name and not solely his screen name. It's both Speaking his, of getting worked. <laughs> it's both his shoot name and his screen name. Uh, and so he wants the Jabali versus Nakazawa <laughs> hardcore death Shoot match. name Jabali. Um... <laughs> 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 So, <laughs> um, yeah, so Matt, so Matt's all in now. He gets Kenny to, to go along with his original idea, but he does want to make sure that the CEO show is differentiated from the fight for the fallen show. Uh, so he leaves Kenny good idea. <laughs> to figure out the marketing. So that was a good little, uh, you know, real life interfer- interacting with the story here. Um, Allie is meeting with Brandy. They're outside somewhere. Uh, I guess it's probably in Chicago. Brandy is big enough to look past their old issues with each other, which I didn't know what they were because I was never an impact viewer, but apparently Allie did not agree to help Brandy when Brandy was getting her ass kicked by somebody in impact. Um, so Allie, of course, is like, oh, geez, I fucked up with my boss already. But then Brandy says, oh, you know, I was kidding. Ha ha, just roasting you here on your first day with me as your boss. Um, but yeah, Allie's not really buying it. They walk off. When we see that Brandy was actually very serious and she has a problem with Allie. Stemming back to their impact days, of course, uh, Allie is dead in the impact canon. So this is apparently zombie Allie having issue with Brandy going forward. All right. Kenny is watching some hype video. Uh, I th- I'm guessing I there's nothing to indicate this in what we saw, but it, there's some concerts. There's a bunch of babes in bikinis. He decides it needs music and models and villas. I'm guessing this is like a fire festival ad. I'm thinking that was the bit. Yeah, that was exactly the fire festival video. Did you not? Were you not a part of the cultural zeitgeist two months ago? I don't watch videos except for being there were documentaries. Road, yeah, I don't watch documentaries on the Netflix um, or Hulu. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read articles for the most part. I don't read books. I read, you know, and I read posts or read a lot of posts. So did you not see any posts that included embedded videos of this at all? But I don't click the video. You watch movies, though. Yeah, that's leisure time. That's, you know, art and entertainment. Okay, documentaries are art and entertainment. Yeah, but it's not as entertaining. Also, you know, like two Netflix documentaries or whatever the fuck, and one of them was financed by the people who were doing the fucking show. So you won't even watch them, but you just got takes anyway. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think we're doing here? (laughs) You don't don't think I watch wrestling, do you? All right. Um, so yeah, it's Fire Festival ad. I figured that out. I'm very smart. Didn't have to watch any videos to do it. So that's the bet. He's going to really fuck this up by getting a bunch of bikini babes at the CEO show. That would go over well on Twitter. Um, okay. SCU is in San Francisco. <laughs> as long as they're um, a major, it'll be fine. Yeah. The whole promo here is them saying Michael Nakazawa a bit. This was funny. This was genuinely funny. And, you know, nice little thing where the fiction of one thing informs the other promo. And then we, you know, pull back and see that Matt is watching this segment where they're all saying Michael Nakazawa on his tablet, you know, so we're led to believe, oh, it's a standard SCU promo, but Matt's losing his mind about Michael Nakazawa, the biggest star in the company. Um, Okay, we've got Brandy at the White Sox Stadium. They said whatever it was, but I don't remember what the brand name is now. So she's at Comiskey Park. It's Guarantee Rate Field. It's at Comiskey Park. Um, (laughs) They are doing the unveiling for the sensory room for Culture City. Uh, And she says it's the first one for all of Major League Baseball. Um, Today, which you guys probably will not hear this until tomorrow, but today is World Autism Awareness Day. So they are plugging that there is a World Autism Awareness Day shirt 
that is available today only. All the sales, uh, and I, I think they specify it's not even all the profits. All the sales are going to Culture City, and it's got that classic Evolve slogan on the front that says, AEW is for everyone. <laughs> I kind of thought uh, on this bit, you kind of halfway get WWE vibes because a segment ago she was like healing on Allie and kind of being the evil boss. And then here we see her doing her uplifting PR work kind of. So you really, you know, kind of right there with Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, they should have saved this for Road 2, except I know the timing wouldn't have worked, but that's what it should have been on. That would have made more sense if they kind of separated those out and, you know, that was more of her office executive persona and BT was more of like a, you know, wrestler worked persona. Right. Yacht persona. Um, (laughs) All right, back to now we're going all the way back to C2E2. The Bucks and Kenny are tired. They hear a British voice and they're like, huh, I heard it sounded like Marty. It, it was Marty. He was at C2E2, but they don't show him. So still, still pals with Marty. No shock there. Um, I, I He has to win the Ring of Honor title on fucking Saturday. All right. Um, Joey Ryan, he's looking out for attackers. <laughs> kind of a funny job trying to sell that he was paranoid. It was mostly him like standing there and like shimmying from side to side. Uh, MJF enters. He says, hey, Candace is never coming back. So I don't know if that closes the door on this whole build they've been doing about the blonde partner. But MJF has Joey's back so long as Joey gives him some money. Um, I thought MJF was kind of funny and convincing here when Joey like hugs him and you get MJF selling the disgust of Joey hug, giving him a hug. Uh, and then MJF immediately turns around, takes that money that Joey gave him and gives it to some goons to beat up Joey. That was That's just a funny conceit. Did you notice he was in the background of all of that? No. Heart Foundation member Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, he was just staring. It was actually kind of creepy. I think that that would be his second uh, BT appearance here since Mm -hmm. he's been doing the show. Yeah, I loved the really bad beatdown here. Oh yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was hilariously bad. I liked it. (laughs) All right, now we've got the Jacksons and Kenny are in a hotel watching all the auditions for this librarian gimmick, which they say is garbage, Um, and that's the bit that they that's a dumb gimmick that tony khan wants to do uh get katie mode is the first one that's the only one that i had watched prior to this because i think uh, we have a mutual friend from entertainment uh, or mutual follower at least from entertainment huh you are you're are you big in the entertainment industry i'm pretty big in the entertainment industry <laughs> no just you know but a uh, college buddy of both myself and mike's really uh, i think that um is now doing entertainment and Los Angeles. We've got one love, from Leva Bates. Love to do entertainment. <laughs> I just love content, guys. Entertainment's content. They're one and the same. That's the. That's really the three pillars. There's art, entertainment, and content. <laughs> Precisely. All right. Leva Bates did one. Um, future champ Matt. He loves Cody and the Unbucks and breeding. I think they buried this guy. <laughs> they buried him so bad. <laughs> kind of stiff. Kind of stiff. They're usually pretty good about not burying. I mean, maybe it was a plant. Maybe it was a planted promo. All right, they had Mister Brickster, and they he like did a laugh, and they all laughed about it. I did not get it. I did not know what the bit was. They just maybe he was just weird, and they thought his laugh was funny, maybe. And then there was Chad Epic with a K, and they liked his promo. Now they get a call from Tony Khan. They you've got uh, Kenny and Matt totally oversell it. They say, oh, they're all all these auditions are great. The whole time Nick is just 
he's the only one that's being honest, says the gimmick sucks. Uh, he takes the phone from him and says, no, Punk would never do this. Um, and then Kenny eventually gets chewed out and Tony Khan wants the librarian or they're all going to get fired. Um, this was, again, kind of WWE vibes where they're all getting... Uh, I'm not going to say that word. They're all getting uh, dressed down by the executive here again, even though they're theoretically executives. You know, not, you know, it's like a comedic show, so it's not really the same, but. And Kenny said, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Which just like yelled WWE to me. Um, so what do we think about the, about the punk references? Eh, I think, I think it's just trying to get people talking. It's not, I think I don't care anymore. Yeah, I don't care. It's just like, oh, you, you did that. All right. Y'all were in Chicago with him. That's sweet. Whatever. I just can't care. Why would I care about CM Punk nowadays? Punk was good. Punk was always right. I think pretty much when the legal fees thing came out with Colt Cabana, who is beloved worldwide, both here and abroad, um, the, the, you sort of got the sense that that changed the uh, trajectory for him with reference to All In. And I feel like that's probably the same place most people stand is like, well, you know, he, he got a bad rap, but uh, maybe he's better off where he is. Yeah, that was the like, I'd always kind of put up with the fact that he's obviously a dick, but I always just kind of dealt with it like, eh, yeah, but whatever. It's just punk. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, he's actually maybe a bad person. So we he was all- always like a righteous dick and you kind of just took the dick part with the right. righteousness. And it's like, that's a great character for wrestling. And it's also came across as very authentic. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't, Colt Cabana might be a bigger institution in Chicago than he is at this point. So, um, cause he's on billboards and punk isn't. Oh yeah. He's on like the pro wrestling tees ones, right? Yeah. And they're all over. They come and go like constantly. Oh, I, I, punk just seems like a kind of person that, would be miserable to be friends with at the end of this. And it it works as like being someone who is righteous about certain things, but on like a personal level, he just seems like a dick, but yeah. Yeah. And I even like, 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 um, I don't know, being, uh, holding a grudge and being a spiteful asshole is like also cool in its own way. It really just comes down to like that one thing where he fucked over a guy who's like, you know, taking indie dates to, maybe make ends meet at this point. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about Cole Cabana's finances, but you know, he's, he's working week in and week out. He's got the gig with ring of honor. Like maybe he wouldn't be taking all those dates, you know, in Ohio and wherever, if uh, he didn't have a big legal bill to pay. I've always wondered uh, why or whether you uh, liked me, Nate, but now that you've confirmed that you think being petty and holding grudges is cool, then it, it, it all makes sense now. I don't think you've always thought that. What's that? I don't think you've always wondered if I've liked if I like you. Oh, I'm a very anxious person, Nate. Huh. Okay. Grudges yeah, are no great. Worries. We all should have grudges and be petty. It's fantastic. No, I'm yeah. way above grudges. That's why I like seeing them in other people because it, <laughs> it, it feels it, you. It, I get the secondary uh uh whatever. Yeah. To hold grudges. All right, and at the end outro, the animated end outro, which is good. They might Matt says Michael Nakazawa instead of his typical line, so that was also kind of cute. Uh, I, I've identified what this is missing it's missing a Papa Buck jam as the bed music, it's just too quiet. They just have the talking. You need a fat beat behind the uh <laughs> outro here, and who better to provide a fat beat than Papa Buck? Nobody, all right, that was BT, the end. 
Okay, beautiful. Let's talk Mania Weekend. So basically the point of this is uh, partly for us to goof off and talk about Mania Weekend because I think we're all excited. And then partly uh, if anybody wants to know what we're doing or, or wants to come say hi, then uh, you'll know what we're doing. So I'm getting into town on Wednesday, a.k.a. tomorrow or probably when you're listening to this. And uh, no wrestling on Wednesday, just uh, going to see a Yankees game. So when are you all getting into New York? I'm getting in uh, early afternoon on Thursday and then going, checking in. And my first show that day is DDT. I'm getting in at about 8.30. So I actually have to be at the airport super early on Thursday. That's going to be really fun. But I get in like 8.30, check in as well. Tentatively, my first show is MLW. I might go to Fight Club Pro. I don't know. But other than that, it I'm going to be a country mouse in the big city. I'm kind of excited just to, you know, get a get a piece of that New York pizza. You know, go to Sabaros. You sure. know, get a bagel from Einstein's Bagels, and yeah, you know, so really experience the city. I like that. Yeah, yeah really going for the authentic oh, uh, mainstay. Absolutely. Is country Those mouse actually, a phrase? Is that a phrase? Country yeah. mouse, city mouse. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. a definite phrase. That's like an old timey one, dude. Yeah, well, it sounded old timey. I'm just kind to of, be clear that all those food uh, suggestions that, that Mike had there, those are Aaron Taub recommendations. Oh, absolutely. Right from he's, the source. Yeah. I mean, he's a real New Yorker. I think he's uh, passing those along from AOC, too. I think he got those from yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Yeah. Alexandria said, hey, these are the – I'm a, an authentic New Yorker. These are the spots that I recommend to people who are going to show up for WrestleMania weekend. So we're going to check them out. Uh, yeah. Mike, when is when is MLW on Thursday? I think it's seven. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I am really bad about this. This is I'm going with friends of the podcast Oakan and Mongo Ebooks, so it's a TV taping. So, okay, yeah, yeah I think uh, AT Nate and I will all be at DDT. Yeah, uh, I'm not a DDT person, so that was never going to happen. Yeah, I don't like DDT at all, um, but I, I'm actually looking forward to the show. If you, uh, John Carroll wrote a good preview of it on Voices of Wrestling, you can check out. And John sold me on it. Uh, I mostly had, was going to see Maki Ito, um, but they've got some cute, fun gimmick shit on there too. Yeah, I'm there for the Joshi. I'm also there for Saki Sama, and uh, something funny will happen in the the um, Iron Man Championship match. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's Saki Sama. So maybe George W. Bush, Bushi can correct me, but I think it's Saki. Yeah, it's Saki Akai. She's only Saki Sama in Tokyo Joshi Pro. So on this show, she's Saki oh, Akai. That's brutal. I mean, I it's, it it's, it's, the same, it's the same performer. <laughs> but I know, but okay, I'm here for the gimmick. I see. Yeah, no, sorry. She's, she's going to be in the Saki Akai gimmick. Bummer. That's okay. I'll ask her. Will she do a two shot in the Saki Sama? <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, she'll she'll bring that in the bag just for yeah. Aaron, gimmick in the bag. would pay extra. Aaron, uh, have you talked with SB about what your budget's going to be for Polaroids this weekend? I suggested to her that I'm going to spend a lot of money at Stardom. Okay, and she understood that. Uh, in fact, I can't remember what we were talking about recently, but we talked about. Somehow we were getting like some money back from something or whatever. And she was like, oh, you can put that money toward your uh, stardom merch. And I was like, 
you are too good a woman to. Oh, uh, that's sweet. True. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about that here <laughs> on this uh, on this podcast. Okay. Well, that takes us into Friday, and I know that uh, Mike and I, along with AT, are starting early at 11 a.m. at U.S. versus the World in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. This was I did a uh, preview podcast with Rich Crate about. Two weeks ago, I want to feel like that back when we still knew that the Dragon Gate guys were going to be there and it was going to be my show of the weekend. I mean, David Starr versus Susumu Koska was my pick as like the low key match of the weekend. And yeah, that's not happening now. So sorry, Aaron. I'm apologizing yet again because I kind of talked you into the show. But yeah, I yeah. literally bought the tickets the day before we found out that Dragon Gate wasn't wasn't coming. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. It's still a pretty cool card, I think, actually. I mean, yeah, the, neat stuff. The Darby versus Black Taurus match. Yeah. That's a hey, possible AEW preview. And real uh, everything elite heads will know that I didn't know who Black Taurus was two weeks ago. But <laughs> now I'm like jazzed out of my mind to see this Darby Black Taurus. Did you match. go back and watch the uh, Black Taurus stuff at uh, Ray DeRay's? Uh, no, no, I did not. I think it's just Taurus now, right? I don't think he goes by Black anymore. I think it's Taurus. What it says on US versus the World uh, on their website, Black okay. Taurus. Okay. They also had something. They also have an Ikeman on there. So what the fuck do they know? That's Ike. true. Jiro Ikeman. Ikeman Jiro. It's Ikeman. 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 Yep. Anyway, it's, it's not uh, Ikeman. Sure. I didn't think it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, we still get uh, David Starr versus Daga. That should actually be really good. Daga. In like weird and like weird like theory relatively re- relativity, Daga had some really cool matchups in Susumu, and I feel like that through that it's going to be dope. I like Daga a whole lot. And big news for Nate. I don't know why, but on the WrestleCon website where they've got the matches listed for the show, at the bottom they just have uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. Okay, yeah, I like Scarlett. She's not. I mean, it doesn't say that she's going to be in a match, and I don't see anybody on here that she usually. Uh, valets but she's just gonna show up so there you go oh but nate's not gonna be there so it doesn't matter it's better with icky minjiro <laughs> yeah that'd be good that would own so much i want to see her in the jacket yeah the famous jacket <laughs> the jacket wrestler uh what are you doing that morning uh nate I'm not doing anything wrestling related at this time. Um, I was kind of ha- I was kind of crossing my fingers that IPW UK would announce something. This was like I was also crossing my fingers that Fight Club Pro would announce something the day before that would really draw me out there. Um, but IPW UK has not done that. They did not announce Myco, even though no, I'm thinking of Fight Club Pro in that instance. Um, but yeah, IW- IPW UK now selling tickets for like one dollar or something. So I'm probably gonna sleep in that day and maybe go get like a meal with one of my old friends from New York or something. All right. And then all of us are meeting up in Queens for stardom, right? Yes. I think Ogan will be joining us at stardom. Also Aaron Taub. Aaron Taub will be there. Aaron Uh, Taub will make his appearance for the weekend. Yeah. Our whole little crew will be at stardom. Uh, Aaron Taub does have a ticket to sell. If anybody is in need of a ticket, you can hit him up on uh, Twitter. I mean, they're also just freely available on the website, but uh, if you want Aaron Taub's ticket for some reason. Yeah. Go get Aaron Taub's ticket guys. 
Uh, so that'd be nice. Uh, so yeah, here's the here's a case where they're not advertising any matches except for uh, Hazuki versus Dust. Dust. <laughs> yeah. So they've been saying all along that like they were going to be representatives of every unit, and they've used some like silhouettes that suggested all the major players are coming. Uh, and we know that Hanakamura, Kagetsu, Hazuki, Hazuki are going to be there because they're Maya. Ring of Honor, and we know Mayu will be in town. But we don't know everybody else, uh, so with, that's kind of one of those things where we're assuming that once they get into the country, they'll tell us what the matches are going to be. That's my thinking. Um, we do. They did announce some of the Gaijin talent uh, as well, including uh, Britt Baker is on that show. I've forgotten who else. Jamie Hader <laughs> is on the show. Yeah. I'm a big Jamie Hader fan. Uh, Britt Baker, Brittany Blake. Brittany Blake was uh, impressive at Shimmer this weekend. Session Moth Martinez, she was unconscious at Shimmer this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Zoe Sky, who is Dust. Jamie Hader, Bobby Tyler. Oh, Bay Priestley, of course. Sonia Strong and Violet, who I think might be from Hog. Of uh, Violet has been on some uh, Beyond and the Beyond WWR. Okay. Yeah, I've seen her. She she's pretty good. Bobby Tyler is good. She just did a tour in stardom. Um, so it's going to be cool. Isn't she affiliated with uh, Hana Kimura? Kind of. Uh, well, I mean, Hana's role in, in stardom now is that like she teams up with whoever the Gaijins are. Uh, okay. I think because she speaks the most English of anybody in stardom. So ever since she left the weight of Thai, she just kind of uh, hangs out with the Americans or the the English in this case, but uh, I yeah. think that was, I think Hannah also said that was like a major motivation in her going to stardom instead of uh, sticking with wrestle one is she gets to work with all the uh, international wrestlers and also gets to wrestle, wrestle internationally more. So yeah, there you go. It's part of yeah. her, uh, part of her wrestling interest. Yeah. Hannah just signed a full-time contract with stardom. So when the worst cap secrets. Yes. I was just terrified that she would go to WWE. So, very nice. He's sticking around. Yeah. So stardom, and then the the main event happens after stardom when the uh, meet and greets and merch happen. Uh, I will be purchasing multiple Mark photos with uh, with my favorite stardom Joshi. I don't think there's anyone who's excited about meeting wrestlers, getting photos with wrestlers, and getting their merch as Aaron Bentley is. Last year at at Russell, at, at WWN. When uh, Daisuke Sakamoto was there, and he, <laughs> the second that Aaron heard that that he still had shirts and he was doing photos, he he just disappeared. And then he came running back like ten minutes later, like as as like some of us were getting drinks, we were just standing around talking to people. And he was like, "Look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" And was like shoving his phone in all of our faces. And then like it was him and Daisuke Sakamoto. So I'm probably not gonna be buying any merch but I'm going to be keeping an eye on the uh, pure joyous wrestling consumer. That is Aaron. <laughs> I love being able to buy things that are, t you know, generally only available in Japan. Oh, sure. It really brings me joy. Uh, I won't buy like the stuff off pro wrestling tees. Cause it doesn't have like the, the authentic tag in it, you know? Oh, well the, the made in Japan shirts are just much nicer as a rule. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like all my Dragon Gate shirts, I get them from the, and you get the tag, and the shirt stock is actually better. And yeah, there's different better. types of shirts. Whatever, I don't know what they mm. are. But they're, yeah. They're excellent. It's the stock, I think. Yeah. So I love that. And I don't actually enjoy 
meeting the wrestlers because I don't enjoy meeting people that I don't know. Already. <laughs> That's something I really dislike. So you can, of course, this is so you can come up and say hi to Aaron if you see him at the show. Yeah. Just do keep in mind that he does not enjoy meeting people. I mean, I'll be happy to meet you as, if you're a listener. Uh, so that'll be nice. But I'm just like a socially anxious person. So meeting new people is not my favorite thing. But uh, I don't know. I just like having the picture to kind of remember. I don't know. Maybe it's weird. I don't know, but I don't. Uh, I don't think I'll have time to hang around for the two shots or merch because I am going to spring break after this show, and that is in Jersey City, New Jersey. So I've got to go from one end of Queens across Manhattan, across really the city and state of New York, and go into New Jersey for the next show. Yeah, I'm not going into Jersey for nah. any of the shows. Mm-mm. I wanted I, uh, to go to Bloodsport, but it sold out, and just timing didn't work out. But I would have gone to AIW, actually. I know that that's kind oh, of the controversial con- take here on the Voices of Wrestling Network. <laughs> I, you know, Eddie Kingston has always been one of my favorite American independent wrestlers. And seeing him against Otani, that's a huge draw to me because I know how much of a huge Otani and that era of Japanese wrestling it is. And since it's AIW, there's going to be a lot of tickets. So I can get close. <laughs> Classic. Again, the uh, opinions of Mike Spears do not represent the opinions of myself or the Everything AEW podcast. Sure. Uh, I've enjoyed the first two spring breaks, but it just wasn't in the cards this time for me to make it. So uh, I'll be missing it. I felt uh, Mike, like death. What's that? I felt like death after a spring break last year. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the midnight thing, that was too much. And, and everything was just way too long. Yeah. And then the year before that, Rich Krejci decided to say, hey, Mike, when you write this review – you should just get messed up. And I got incredibly drunk and wrote that review. So I've done this enough. I've lived enough. I, everyone else should go to a spring break once in their life. But last year got a little too real and it went on till 4.30. I don't think we got back to our Airbnb until close to 4.30, right, Nate? Uh, yeah, it was extremely late. I, yeah, it basically got to the point where like by the time I was ready for bed, the sun was coming up. Mm-hmm. So. Pro move, yeah. I stayed at the hotel across the parking lot. Real pro move, SB didn't go. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was that would have been our fourth show of the day. I mean, it was yeah. my fourth show of the day. And uh, she doesn't even watch wrestling, so she's a lot like Nate in that way. So. <laughs> I, I, I think that might be Friday night, might be going to go sample some more New York cuisine. You know, I'm going to go to Subway. I hear they have great sandwiches there. And I might go to Panera. I don't know. I'll see what's out there. That's I not- do uh, should note that I can't believe Aaron Bentley is skipping the Shane Mercer booking for this weekend. Yeah, Shane Mercer. Is he booked on spring break? Uh, according to the VOW guide, he is one of the confirmed talent for spring break part one. Lexington, Kentucky's own Shane Mercer. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's uh, been getting to the deathmatch scene here, I think, with GCW. Well, good for him. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good worker. Uh, he's got a pretty good look. Uh, yeah, he's like tiny, a big pop-up bump. Yeah, most importantly, he's from Lexington, Kentucky. So. He did. Uh, he made an impression on me when I watched the GCW last show from Chicago and the Japanese deathmatch wrestler whose name does not come to mind. The one that had the very cool fan made out of light tubes. Uh, he got injured on a dive to the outside, I think, through some light tubes. So they had Shane Mercer come out and carry him like a baby to the back because <laughs> he's a big, strong guy. Mercer's had a weird career in that he kind of came up in like current IWA Mid-South, which is That's not a, a weird place to come up nowadays. Yeah, and uh, hard. Although you know, Mance Warner had a lot of bookings there too. Before, yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. Mance, 
the Manzer. Yeah, but then, you know, Mercer suddenly showed up in uh, Evolve and had a few shots and I guess even got on NXT TV, right? And uh, then he kind of just, he left, he was out of Evolve and as far as I know, he kind of fell off the face of the earth and then boom, he's in GCW. So it's kind of fascinating. GCW is uh, one of the better places to be on Mania Weekend for sure. For sure. Yeah, I hope he does very well and it turns into some bookings for him. So yeah, that's, I, uh, I'm not as not as excited for this year's spring break uh, as I was for last year's. Last year was one of my most anticipated cards. This time, uh, you know, I bought the ticket basically to hopefully see Onita wrestle a match, and I don't think he's going to wrestle. Although it's also Onita, and he does crazy shit like wrestling all broke wrestle on broken legs all the time, so maybe he will. So I guess now my top match on this card is Takamichi Noku versus Orange Cassidy. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I've never seen Taka live, so. No, it's uh, I think Taka's first time wrestling in the continental U.S. since like 2003 or something. Yeah. And it, it might be his only, considering that he appears to not have much interest in coming to the United States. Well, he has more interest in coming to the United States now that he's been busted for cheating on his wife. Sure. He just charges a lot of money, I think. So, yes, he does. Good for him. Good for him. 100 bucks and a first class ticket, I think. 3,500. I think 3, it's business class. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that's insane. From Japan, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, I actually, I don't know if it's worth it. I'm not, I don't know how many Taka fans there are in 2019. But I, I mean, I could imagine someone like AIW like, trying to do like these meet and greet and something like that to recoup money. But really, yeah. I mean, WrestleMania weekend, I think he's doing uh, WrestleCon signings. So, yeah. And he'll be, he, I think, I think Saber has promised that he'll be promoing for a Saber's match at, at the Dome. So not the Dome, the Garden. The garden. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. The U.S. Dome. That's it. That'll rule. So that's Friday. And then Saturday, I think we're all getting started at House of Glory in Queens. Hog. Hog. Yeah. So I still am not really confident at what time that show starts. Uh, but allegedly- Per VOW, 2 p.m. There was just some rumor that maybe that's when doors open and it, the bell time's not until three. I was very confused by this. Uh, but it's a cool show because uh, the great Muda is going to be on the show. And I feel like this is going to be one of my only chances to see Muda. Oh, absolutely. And even more importantly, Kai is going to be on this show. <laughs> yeah, we Allegedly. think. Yeah, we have not gotten any match announcement, but Kai was at some point confirmed. Yes. Kai is uh, big, y'all. To Jiri. Also, uh, uh, Amazing Red has apparently retired as of like today or yesterday. So he is not on the show, even though it's his promotion, unless he is because it is his promotion. Who can say? I, I don't believe that Amazing Red is actually retired until the day of the show. He's done this a lot where he's disappeared and come back, disappeared and come back. I I think he's coming back. And also has low key on the card. And I'm a low key mark from way yeah. back. So anytime key is on a card, uh, I'm excited to be there. Yeah, Key and LAX is like an inspired team. Muda and Pentagon is an inspired team. Uh, I don't watch All Japan Juniors, so I can't speak to Tajiri, but I've never seen Tajiri before, to my knowledge. Hey, so that'll be a good cute. time for me to speak on this. Joe Lanz is a hater. Wow. T- 2019 Tajiri still goes. Still I enjoy Tajiri know. matches. Uh, anybody no who comment. is a hater. I mean, I could watch Tajiri, I could, or I could watch Misaki Mochizuki. Who are basically the same age. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mochi on that one. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go with Tajiri. Okay, now you're just patently false. <laughs> I've only seen one uh Masaki Mochizuki match in my entire life. 
my I love when Meltzer decided Masaki Mochizuki was Shawn Michaels for all about four hours and then just never talked about him again. That was very funny to me. I wish you all could have seen Mike's eyes. As I said, I've only seen one Masaki Mochizuki match in my life. He just kind of like was looking around the room, just searching for any proof that this was really happening and that he'd actually gotten himself into a situation where he talks to me. for an hour. <laughs> I just, I actually almost looked at how to hang up the call, to be honest. Was, <laughs> that's an affront to me. As So that's hog. Yeah, was it a KZ match that you watched? What's that? Was it the KZ match that you watched? No, it was KZ and Pac. Mochizuki. Well, what was the Mochizuki match? Some other match from earlier this year that was. Well, you should watch the Mochizuki versus KZ match. Is was that earlier this year? It was last year. No, this was an earlier this year match. Which one? I'm was saying it? you should watch the one from last year. That's good. That's what or I'm saying. Face Condo earlier this year, and it was okay. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, this match was great, Mochizuki. And I watched it, and it didn't do much for me. But I don't know what it was. Ah, okay. That's Hog. Uh, just a heads up, if you're in New York, the Hog general admission tickets are 20 bucks. So here's here's the card. I, I It's not – I mean, it's, like, interesting. Loki and LAX versus Muda, Pentagon to Jerry, the private party versus the reunited juicy product of David Starr and JT Dunn. Phoenix versus Amazing Red, question mark. Smiley versus Leroy Green in a casket match. When have you seen an indie casket match? Dude, I'm pumped for this. Yeah, I'm scared. Anthony Gangone versus Robbie Eagles, one of Robbie Eagles' few singles matches on this Mania weekend. So I'm kind of interested to see uh, the the young gunner from the Bullet Club here. And then the Hog Crown Jewel Championship champion Montequila. Montequila? Montequila? Montequila versus Kikataro. Yeah, I forgot about that. This show about that? Yeah. Also Kai. Also Kai. Also, yeah, Kai. Kai. Also, Kai. Also, Kai. <laughs> uh, did you think the Crown Jewel Championship has anything to do with Prince Nana? No, I think it has to do with uh, MBS. <laughs> yeah, you know. Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually the orb. <laughs> what if uh, Matakila comes out with the orb? It's a literal death match. Uh, poor taste. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. You, you see, we were at a certain level. Eric. Canceled. Yeah, we were at a certain level, and you just decided to kind of just go past that. It's okay if you were just talking about the orb. Sorry, I'm... the orb is in play. Yeah, the orb is in play. I went over the line. I'm sorry. So that's hog. It rules. Hog rules. Uh, and then, of course, we're all traipsing over to Madison Square Garden to watch. G1 Supercard. Yeah, the big show of the weekend. A big show. All right. If you are your top three most anticipated shows, Mike. Uh, if you were to ask me this last week, you know what my number one show was. Yes. But I number one probably is the MSG show just because I never thought I would go to a big wrestling show at Madison Square Garden. So even if the show kind of stinks, I'm enough of a history nerd that I love. I would love to be there. After that, I got to be honest. This hog show looks like a stupid amount of fun, and I'm stoked about seeing Great Muda, seeing uh, Tajiri, seeing uh, Kai. I mean, and seeing a casket match. So I'm there for that, and I'll get to see uh, something weird happen at MLW. I like watching MLW, so that would be interesting as well. So. I guess those are my three shows. I've never really watched Stardom, so I'll be interested in seeing Stardom for the first time. Mike, I asked for three shows. I did. I give you three. What do you give you? MSG, 
Hog, and MLW. Okay, you should start him. Yeah. I said he he hasn't seen it, so it's yeah. question mark. I don't have any anticipation because I don't know what I'm getting myself into other than yeah. gifts. Fine, fine. Nate, you canceled again, you? Aaron. <laughs> Nate, you're um, So yeah, I have to, first of all, MLW is going to be terrible. It's just a terrible live experience. I cannot recommend it to anyone. Don't go to MLW. <laughs> Sorry to bring that down. And I know Taub, I think, is going to MLW. Maybe with his Normie friends. Take all his friends. Fucking miserable. It's gonna, everybody works like 60% speed. Do not go to MLW. Um, number one is G1 Supercard. That's really like I'm kind of just anxious to get to that show already. It's like that's definitely my number one. Atmosphere is going to be fucking awesome. The top matches are all awesome. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I have, I did go to one previous show at MSG. It was the Rock Return match where he teamed with John Cena against The Miz and R Truth. Uh, and that was, I mean, the atmosphere was awesome. So that's going to be cool. Number two is probably stardom. Cause it's like, I don't actually keep up with stardom. I've like dipped in and watched some matches and I know enough to know who all the people are, but, uh, you know, I like seeing new people. I like seeing stuff that's unfamiliar to me. Uh, and that's almost all going to be new wrestlers to me and get to see some authentic Joshi. Um, and number three. I mean, the only other shows that I'm going to are Hog and DDT, unless I add like a Fight Club Pro at the last minute or something. I think, I think I might be more interested in DDT just because it's going to be like a good, fun, over the top introduction to the weekend where nothing's too serious. There will probably be some hard kicks between. Uh, you know, wiry Japanese men toward the main event, but there's also gonna be wacky weapons and shit. Uh, I've mentioned Colt Cabana like five times in this podcast already, so I'd get to see Colt Cabana. Um, yeah, I think DDT shockingly is my number three. Wow, wasn't expecting that. Well, it's either that or Hog, and I mean, Hog is fun, you're really seeing four shows, like insane. Yeah, well, I mean, that was sort of the that was sort of intentional here because. We probably saw too many shows last time. Um, I, don't, I don't believe in that, actually. I mean, you just complained about the fucking spring break show being your fourth one of the day and you being dead. No, I, I love just it. I wasn't complaining. I was saying SB skipped it because it was the fourth show of the day. Okay, but you were complaining about it anyway. You have complained about it at length. I mean, maybe. I would complain about things, but like, <laughs> my deal is I don't live in Chicago. I don't get to see cool live wrestling very often. So if I'm going to be in New York and there's going to be a bunch of cool wrestling shows, I want to go to as many of them as I can. So sure. it's kind of a bummer because in Orlando, I saw seven shows in new Orleans. I saw eight shows and I'm only going to five this year, but they're just too spread out. And a lot of the stuff I would like to go to is up against each other. So, so, you know, I did, I forgot. I'm also going to spring break. So I'm actually going to five shows, Okay, but I'm less excited for spring break. Because I'm mostly dreading getting from Queens to Jersey City in yeah. how much back. time I have to do it. Yeah, and then getting back to Queens to go to bed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, I do have a ride. So, I'm not going to be taking the beloved New York subway. That's nice. But that's, so that, that's why it doesn't quite as rank as highly for my most anticipated shows. Except you're not going to have that feel when you take the subway from one borough to another. I've had that feel many a time. <laughs> so, and that won't be new and exciting to me. Burrows are fake, y'all. Burrows are real. No, they're, they're, not that they're real. You've never been there. Work rate is yeah. fake. Burrows are real. 
Yeah, that's why I could say they're fake because who who names neighborhoods and make them their own thing? They're not neighbors, they're neighborhoods, they're cities. Then call them fucking cities. Brooklyn is the fourth biggest city in the country. No, Houston's bigger than Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn is bigger than Houston. I'm looking this up. Okay. Look it up. Okay. When I lived, when I lived in Brooklyn, that was like one of the orientation things they said to me was Brooklyn is now the fourth largest city in the country. We've over, overtaken Houston. Yeah, now that gentrifiers moved in. Right. The gentrifiers moved in, and I can't imagine Houston's a growing city at this point in time with uh, the eco death of the planet. So, okay. So, my top three shows, nobody asked, but number one for me is Stardom. I'm a Joshi fan. I just, I love Stardom. It's probably, it's my number one promotion generally. So, wow. I'm excited about that. Uh, G1 Supercard has moved into number two. It wasn't until they announced this last batch of matches. Also, though, it's a little held down by the fact that uh, I didn't buy tickets with everybody else. So SB and I are sitting by ourselves. It would be more fun to sit with everybody else for this show. We have great seats, too. Yeah, I'm bummed. I don't have very good seats. And It's it's honestly not so big that you're going to have bad seats. It's probably pretty good seats, regardless of where you are. It'll be fine. I just wish, you know, wish I was hanging out with with the boys for yeah. this show. Uh, that's always made other shows more fun. And third for me is Hog. I'm I'm really excited to see wow. Muda. And it's got a it's got a good mix of like stuff I'm legit excited for, like uh, Muda, Loki, even Kai. Even if I mean, like I re- am legitimately excited to see Kai. Uh, but then it's also got enough goofy stuff. That will be entertaining in between those, like Hikutaro. The casket match is a the casket, casket match. Great little treat to plug on there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm setting the over under on that at five stars. <laughs> it's just it's, wow, gonna, it's be gonna, gonna it's gonna go into Kenny Omega territory if you're taking the over, huh? Jeez. Uh, by the way, Nate, fuck you. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking right. Nate, love it. Uh, let's be honest. You're, you're sad about not sitting next to us at Madison Square Garden because weird things happen to me at shows and you're not going to be able to observe what happens to me. Yeah, and I've never gotten to sit with uh, with Mike at a stadium show. Yeah, it's an experience. I mean, For seek arena me show, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, seek me out if you all see me. I'll probably be the guy in like the really out-of-place baseball hat and a flannel shirt and weird things happen. Yeah, come say hi to me. I'm cool, I think. I don't know. People like me. I don't know. I'm getting anxiety. I'm leaving my mic now. Now you're me. Okay. Well, and then Sunday. Oh, we're going yeah, to, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Splania Mania. I'm going to Splania Mania. Supporting I'm, our friends at WrestleSplania and Street Fight. I'm going home. I think uh, this podcast has uh, uh, heat with Joey Janela. So it seems like Joey's going to be there. So we might have some residual heat. Is he? He, he said yesterday on Twitter. Oh yeah, I might show up to this and fuck shit up or something. Oh good. Yeah, and then I saw uh, our friend DJ Weed Pizza was inviting all the Chikara wrestlers. So who knows? Might be uh, might be a whole lot of workers there. Might be a really weird scene. Weird. Might be a very weird scene, but I think it's probably going to be weird in a fun, weird way. Right. Yes, I agree. The absolute sweetheart of the internet, Murder Brian and Brett Payne will be there. Most importantly. Yes. I'm excited for that. I'm not convinced I can sit through an entire WrestleMania. Eight hours. I, have, yeah. I did when I roped you into going. I said, "Hey, we can Irish goodbye at any time. Love an Irish goodbye." So, are you uh, okay? You're not about to back out of that because I was afraid that that was what was coming. 
Well, I mean, if we start, if I start having like a lot of fun and it's at a brewery, so if I get really drunk and, and I'm having fun, then I might back out of that. Ouch. But, you know, if it, if it's just WrestleMania dragging on or whatever and you want to ditch and go uh, see a movie or something, whatever, I'm in. Well, this is the good thing about traveling everywhere with your wife is like there's always someone I can leave with. Oh, yeah. And like we can go do something. So great point. Yeah. I mean, would be happy to continue hanging out with my friends. I think did I say that on this podcast? But like uh, having online wrestling friends is the best thing for me because I see you guys like twice a year, and other than that, I only have to post with you. So <laughs> it's like kind of perfect for me. But so that so when we're all together, I want to hang out a bunch uh, because we don't get to see sure. that often. But uh, also, I'm just not very good with like social things, so I don't want to spend too much time uh, with everybody. You're really. Uh, I just want to say to the listeners because this is a show for public consumption. Yeah. That Aaron is really uh, overselling his social anxiety. He's very personable and charming in person. And he's probably also sell- overselling the degree to which he uh, likes stardom and the Joshi wrestlers. He is not a socially anxious uh, Joshi freak. Like he <laughs> might be giving you the impression that he is. He's really very normal. <laughs> That's what I've gotten across in this, isn't it? It's pretty much what you've been leaning on all episode. And I just want to convey to the people... He's a very normal, personable guy. Yeah, you gave me a hug when we met. That was very sweet. I think I you're, like a hug. You're, you're a hugger. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. Although you, you know, nowadays, I mean, I don't, I don't mean it in that way. But I usually try to ask people first if they are okay with a hug. <laughs> you did ask me, and I was he's like, very hey. considerate. To yeah. all I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I guess so. My social anxiety more is like in inside my brain. I don't know that it like comes out that much when I'm like hanging out with people. Um, I just like think overthink things a lot, but I try to act normal when I'm. Uh, <laughs> when I'm oh, you, oh, you see, my largely succeed. Yeah. What's that name? You largely succeed. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and yeah, I probably am overplaying my Joshi thing. I just like Joshi and. Uh, they are, I think the Joshis are the people at this Mania weekend that I'm most interested in that also like I'm least likely to see a, a many more times. Yeah, so. that's sort of my my uh, plan or idea for this weekend is stuff that I cannot see elsewhere or stuff that is not, you know, largely available to me here. Yeah, I mean, my run here is DDT, US versus the world, Stardom, Hog, New Japan. So it's like basically all stuff where I can see people I I may not ever otherwise see again. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the same way, especially because even more so than you, Aaron, there's nothing that comes by here that I don't have to drive for a while. That for me, I'm just like, if I'm going to drive this much and if it's something that I know that's streaming, I'm just going to watch it at home where I can just sit and use my own bathroom and I could dick around my phone and not feel like an asshole because I should be paying attention to the show that I drove to. But yeah, like stuff like I've, I am really not very versed in Joshi. So the experience of seeing that is very interesting to me. Getting to see great Muda, like who we all know that great Muda is in no great shape and Tajiri is decrepit, but I'll still be able to get to see them. And, And it's just like, when the Dragon Gate guys were announced, I was, I think you, you two had a pup with me for the longest time, just going, oh, hey, oh, hey, I hate, blah. oh, I hope they are going to bring him. I hope they're going to bring him. Oh, I hope Big R Shimizu comes. And then I saw the card, and that was, that card like had me to the moon. And then now that I know that's not happening, 
that deflated me a little bit, but I'm still excited to see my friends that I don't get to see a whole lot because I live kind of in a weird place in the country and I've never been to New York city and I get to see Madison square garden and I get to see folks and I get to see wrestlers again. So yeah. Oh shit. Announced one hour ago, Tatsumi Fujinami at Starcast. Hmm. Hmm. That's a new run. Yeah. They also announced Kurt Angle the other day. This is an AEW podcast, I think. Yeah, I guess we've been recording for a while, haven't yeah. we? I, I, yeah. yeah, we've been we've been. This is our longest episode, I think, since the debut. So yeah, and at the least about AEW. Right. The point of that is, come say hi to us if uh, you see us at shows. I don't know if you know what any of us look like, but my picture is on my uh, Twitter account. So find me; you'll find the rest of these folks. And uh, I guess that's it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I got to start getting shit in order here and getting ready to go. I think. Yeah, I have to be I have to be at the airport at 5 a.m. So yikes. Yeah, I don't know why we did that. But the f- very first thing I'm doing when I get to the city, literally, is going to Aaron Tao's apartment. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Our our Airbnb won't be open yet, so I'm gonna drop my stuff off at his apartment. So beautiful. Yeah, I'll be hanging out with AT uh here in about 13 hours. Cool. Okay, I guess that's it. All right. That's it. We're done. For Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. Bye.